there's just some places, some environments where you feel at home, like it is home and you're comfortable and you're cozy and that's where you want to be at all times. Sitting in front of this mic for the first time in almost a month, comfortable is an understatement. Like I feel like this is where I should have been the entire time, grieving, going through some things. We all do it. It all happens. And then I sit here and I'm like, hey, I feel right. Like I feel happy. I feel like this is what I should have been doing the entire time, not taking a break. And next time things start going on in life, that's exactly what I'm going to remember is this feeling right now as I'm sitting down here on this mic, getting ready to do a show, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. It's my little baby. It's a production, a show, something that I grew, we grew together, listeners, everything being put together for an amazing show, and this is what makes me happy, and I'm glad to be talking to you again. Hopefully, you are happy to be listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast again. Man, this feels so good. Episode 154 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I am your host, Brandon LaChance. Thank you for joining us once again. Man, this feels good. (laughs) I'm going to say that a couple more times because, hey, this feels really good to be sitting here talking. And we got a great show today. We got a guest who I'm always happy to have on the show, Tyler Town, LaSalle, Peru graduate who is driving around the country in a planter's peanut mobile. He's having a blast going all over the world doing what he wants to do. He's having fun, making money, meeting tons of people, having the time of his life in a crazy experience that he's only going to have once and it's only for one year. So he is pumped, he is excited. He is living a lot of people's dreams, including his own. He is doing stuff that he'll never probably do again, and he'll cherish every moment. And he shared all of it with us to this point. He started last June. Well, I guess it was July. His contract started June 1st, but because of COVID, kind of got pushed back to July. So since July to now, he's driving around the country. I talked to him probably about the 15th of January a month ago, and you could tell how excited he was. And when the peanut mobile pulled up to the hotel that I was waiting for him to get to so we could talk, the community was excited to see him. Everybody was following, jumping out of the car to see this peanut, take a couple photos, meet Tyler, get handed some peanuts, and have a good time. It was fun to watch. It was fun to be a part of. He was all over the media circuit, on radio, local papers did stories, he hit me up to do a podcast, he has been on the show before, he is a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, so of course, we had to get on the peanut and talk with Tyler. That will be at the end of the show, right after we talk about a few things, a lot of things. But before we go any further, gotta hit the plugs first can hear us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and our own website, which is www.rss.com backslash podcast with an S, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. That's the website, and also, again, Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes. Social media, hit us up on Facebook, 
Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. Have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, maybe you want to do some advertising with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, anything, any concerns, any good stuff, some awesomeness, whatever you want to share with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Big shout out to Brian Cavelli, friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, who created the intro and outro beat that you hear every time you press play for this podcast. Big props to Mr. Cavelli, Coco as we know him. Like I said at the very beginning of this intro, you know, there was a break for about a month, things going on in life, including, you know, the passing of Kane Pisano Olsen, knew Kane pretty much his entire life, both sides of his family, his mom and his dad are like family to me, no blood relation, but both families have taken me in at certain times, different times in life, and have treated me like family. And I try to do the same to all of them. I look at all of them as sisters and brothers and nephews and cousins. And like, that's my family. And Kane was definitely a part of that. He was part of everybody's family, part of everybody's life. Can't tell you how many people came up to me or other family members that were around me and just shared stories of Kane just being involved in everybody's life. He hugged, he smiled, he made you laugh, he made you angry. He could be a pain and do certain things just to pull the right buttons, push the right buttons, pull the right strings. He was a character, not like a cartoon character. He had a personality, charismatic, the definition of charismatic. He was his own person and was going to be that way every day of his life. And he was. He touched so many people, the services, standing room only, shoulder to shoulder, everybody coming to pay their respects. Dinner afterwards, local establishment, had to pull out extra tables from the closets to make sure everybody had somewhere to sit. The line to get food, if you were at the end of the line, more than 70% of the people that were there had already left. That's how long the line was. That is how many people loved Kane, wanted to be there to share their stories of him, with him, with his family. It was just heartbreaking, heartwarming, all at the same time. Standing in the back of the room at the services and just watching everybody. And like I said, pretty much everybody that I love, everybody that I care about in my life, all in the same room, just gets to you. It just, you feel so awful and terrible about what had happened, a tragic passing of somebody 20 years old and just watching everybody mourn. And um, it wasn't like a movie. No, it wasn't like a movie. This was real, 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 real life. And just seeing the importance of everybody that he touched touches each other, and I'm not talking about physical touch, I'm talking about emotions. And this is a small community, but this happens everywhere. You mean a lot to a lot of people. Kane obviously meant a lot to so many people that you couldn't even start to count the numbers. Like, not at all. 
And every single one of us touches people like that and has so many people in our lives that we interact with and talk to and have love for and meaning for. And when something happens in one of those pieces, whether you call it a family puzzle, a family tree, whatever you want to call it, one of those pieces falls, is not there anymore. To see how everybody reacted to each other and the love that was being shared, even though a loved one had passed away, it was remarkable. It was absolutely remarkable and tragic at the same time. I, I know I'm starting to like repeat myself, but just the amount of emotion and everything going on and man, it was like a real life lesson for a lot of people all at the same time. I have quite a few stories with Kane, just share a few of them. And if anybody wants to get on this podcast and talk about Kane as well, I would love to have you on. I haven't really sent out feelers like, hey, who would want to do this? Because I don't know. I mean, this is really real stuff. You don't ever want to talk about somebody that you love and care about passing away. It's not cool. But sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's like therapeutic. Sometimes talking about that person, sharing their life, sharing the awesomeness of that person is very important. I remember Kane when he was younger and the DS's first came out. He had the Justin Bieber haircut. And I'd be like, Biebs, I'm a DS. And he'd be like, shut up, FUBU. It's my nickname from back in the day. Still called that every once in a while. Come to a little town from bigger towns wearing a pretty popular clothing brand at the time. But small, kind of farm-based community after living in the city or cities, it's kind of different. But anyway, call me Fubu. He's like, ah, whatever, Fubu, be quiet. But then I'd sit down and play with him. And it was cool. Like, I really didn't play things like that, like Game Boys and stuff like that. I was always on the PlayStation or the Super Nintendo or the Xbox or, you know, stuff like that. But it was kind of cool getting in his world, chilling with him, playing those. Every single time that I saw him, it was always, hey, what's up, Fubu? He'd either give me nucks or we'd shake up. Probably my favorite moment ever was his senior year of basketball. Obviously working for the local paper. I was so pumped up to finally cover one of these kids that I've watched grow up. Like I've been around the family for a long time. A very, very long time. And to finally see one of them, varsity athletics, ready to play. This was his senior year. Like... This was what I was waiting for. I was happy to come back and do sports in this area, my hometown, because of this group of kids. My biological nieces and nephews, my best friend's kids, families that kind of took me in at times, their kids. Like I was so pumped up to be doing this. I walk into Mendota Boys Basketball pitcher day and the first person I see is Kane. Kane walks up to me and he's like I'm glad you're here. You ready? I was like of course I'm ready. Are you ready? You ready for the season? And he was had a little set back at the beginning of the season but was ready to play and he had some awesome games. He had a 30 point game. He had some games where he shined where he was amazing. I was at a few of them and I was super pumped up to be there and after each game whether I talked to him or not 
It was Nux, good game, man. Thanks, FUBU. And it was awesome. End of the year, didn't go the way they wanted to, didn't win a regional, didn't go that far in the playoffs, nothing like that. And I remember asking him, I was like, so what happened? I thought you were going to do something special here. And he's like, we did. We had a cool season. I played with some of my best friends, and I had fun. And when he said that, I smiled, and I was happy for him that he just enjoyed doing what he was doing. Yeah, we all want to win more. Yeah, we all want to win championships. But he realized the importance of what did happen throughout that season. And I'll never forget that moment. And I'll never forget him telling me that. I've seen the photo quite a few times with his best friends, Ben Bocus, rest in peace, and Preston Osadnik, having fun, laughing, smiling, piggyback rides. That's awesome. And I'm glad they had those moments. And I know they'll never be forgotten. Kane will never be forgotten. I'm glad he was part of my life. Glad I got to know him and watch him grow up and become a real awesome human being. And you are going to be missed every single day of everybody's life that didn't get the chance to know you. No doubt about that. Rest in peace, Kane. Rest easy. Thank you for being you always. You are 100% true to being Kane. And I loved watching every single second of that. Be your own person. It was amazing. I love you, Kane. Rest in peace. This seems like a weird time to jump into advertisements, but I'm going to do back-to-back ads for probably the first time in a long time in terms of long shows. Sometimes when I got a small show, I'll do you know two or three ads together for a second time and to make sure to get everything in. This time I'm going to do back to back because it's Kane's family. Kane's uncle owns and runs Olson Construction, Keith Milas, and Kane's uncle Tony is a big part of Shimmer Mendota Ford. So I want to do back to back on an episode when I talk about their nephew, their loved one. It's obviously winter. I think it was two degrees this afternoon. It's snowing. There's ice. But that doesn't necessarily mean all home improvements have to be put on hold. Olson Construction works hard to help its customers until it's no longer possible, which is never. There is always something to be done inside. Stairs, tiling, new sinks. The list is long. Maybe it's something in a shed or maybe something in a garage. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson also Uncle Tukane will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. The first segment of this episode, episode 154, is going to be on the Super Bowl, which, believe it or not, 
was six days ago. Today being Saturday, February 13th, six days after the Super Bowl, a day before Valentine's Day. If you have a loved one, partner, husband, wife, happy Valentine's to you guys, to both of you, and hopefully you're celebrating it the most extravagantly way as possible. The Super Bowl 55 segment of Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Did anybody think the Chiefs were going to lose 31-9 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No way. I did not. Thought it was going to be close. I thought there was a chance that the Buccaneers could win, but 31-9, and it wasn't even close. Nine points, all off field goals. Patrick Mahomes and this crazy dynamic offense couldn't get nothing going against the Buccaneers defense. Buccaneers defense was insanely awesome. And so was Tom Brady. And so was everything that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense was doing against Kansas City Chiefs defense, which got roasted the entire game. I was not expecting a 31-9 blowout. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Won't get too much into the game because you probably already heard about it. I know you watched it. But Brady, 21-29, three touchdowns. Dude's in his 40s, 42, 43 years old, still playing awesome football, and in the postgame, said he was coming back. Be scared. Be on the lookout for Tampa Bay. If he's back, got half of the weapons he did this year, they could possibly do it again. Leonard Fournette had a great game, 16-89 with a touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, six touches, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Gronk, Brady, the number one pass receiving touchdown duo in Super Bowl history. I mean, they're phenomenal. They're Hall of Famers, and they do it on a different team. New England Patriots, for what seemed like forever, Then they go to Tampa Bay, win a Super Bowl, connect for two more touchdowns. Absolutely amazing. Hall of Famers, easy. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the GOAT of all GOATs. Seven Super Bowl wins, four Super Bowl MVPs, ten Super Bowl appearances. That is never going to be done again. It has never been done before. He is the GOAT of all GOATs. That was the headlines coming in. Is Brady going to win and become the GOAT of all GOATs, even though he's already the GOAT? Or is Patrick Mahomes going to win and the torch be passed? Because if Mahomes and the Chiefs won, this would have been the first time since 2003-2004 that a team has won back-to-back Super Bowls. And who did it before? Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in 03-04. So it would have been passing the torch. Instead, Tom Brady's like, nope, I'm still the man. I'm still the goat of all goats. And this is us. And that's what happened. But that Tampa Bay defense, two interceptions, three sacks, just crazy, 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 crazy. Wouldn't let Mahomes do anything. Do know there was a couple injuries on the Kansas City line, but still, Mahomes, 26 of 49, 270 yards, two interceptions. Ugh. He did run for 33 yards, which was second behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had 
64 yards on nine carries. They only had 17 carries. They were trying to run and gun the whole time. The offense just looked a mess. The funny thing is, I said the offense looked a mess. Mahomes did have 270 yards. Travis Kelsey did have 10 receptions for 133. And Tyreek Hill had 73 yards on seven catches. But it was so scattered. It was almost like as soon as they caught the ball, they were getting hit. It just was not, was not Kansas City ball we're used to. I was kind of disappointed. I was very disappointed in the Super Bowl. I was actually paying more attention to dice games and conversations than actually watching the game, which is something I usually don't do. I'm usually all locked into the game. No, not this time. I was more having fun doing different things than watching the game. That is how crazy it was. How lopsided, one-sided it was. Glad I didn't have any money on it. I didn't put on numbers. I didn't put on boards. I didn't do nothing. I'm glad I didn't. If you did have money on a board, hopefully it went your way and you at least got some entertainment, some excitement, some money out of the Super Bowl. Also, real quick about the Super Bowl. The halftime show with the weekend was not cool. Like, it wasn't awful. Definitely wasn't great. But it wasn't even, like, middle. Like, not even middle of the road. It really wasn't fun to watch. The mask thing was weird. And I know he had had a mask on his face and something before the show or whatever. And just wasn't cool. Wasn't exciting. I wasn't into it whatsoever. And I don't mind the weekend's music. Actually, I've listened to a couple of his albums. Kind of on repeat a couple of times. But that performance, nothing to brag about. And he will definitely not be welcomed ass to come do a Super Bowl show or any big major sports deal probably for quite a while because that did not go over well at all not whatsoever this segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first after a bad 2020 in every sense of the term Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to make 2021 a great year with style comfort and great deals Stop by and see the 2021 Ford Bronco Sport or the 2021 Ford F-150, both in stock. These are just a few of the options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford, located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, Manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Tony Milas, Jason Hintz, and Doug Safranik will use their experience and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. Let's have one more word from a sponsor and then we're going to go to Bring It Back. Instead of Deep Dive, we were taking that name away. Where well, we jump into an album and listen to the whole thing, break it down, the artist and the album itself. We are changing the name, no longer Deep Dive. We're calling it Bring It Back. Why? We're going to bring back albums. Not a lot of people listen to full albums anymore because we're in the world of streaming songs. So we do, right? We can listen to any song we want to, whenever. We don't have to buy an album and listen to the whole thing. 
However, there is so much awesomeness in an album and being able to have a full story, a full context of what the artist is talking about or where they are coming from. I love it. A lot of other people love it. Also, we're going to bring it back because right now we are breaking down the Rolling Stone magazine top 500 list of all time. They revamped it in September of 2020 and we got to go through it. And you're helping us. Been putting up four at a time on Twitter, Edge of Your CP, and Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, to give you a voice of what we listen to and what we talk about on this show. This time, it's John Mayer Continuum from 2006. So, we're going to bring it back with that album right after a word from LP CrossFit. Let's face it, it's not easy to get into shape or to stay physically fit. There are factors working against all of us, including time or work schedules, lack of a support system, motivation might be low, don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body, injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit, located at the Peru Mall, across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not just one time, not one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. Support group, LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided or pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcome and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You wanna go hard? You're welcomed with a hello, how are you, go get at it type of welcoming. You want a more relaxed approach? It's the same. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Now let's bring it back. Every time that I say bring it back, I think of Lil Wayne, bring it back to the bottom of the map. But we're not going to bring it back to the bottom of the map. We're bringing it all around the map, everywhere involving music. And that is a beautiful thing. So we're going to bring it back in terms of albums. And we got to break down John Mayer's Continuum, which absolutely dominated this poll. On the Rolling Stone Top 500 Albums of All Time list, 488 was The Stooges with The Stooges. Came out in 1969. 487 was Black Flag with Damaged. Came out in 1981. The winner of the poll, 486 John Mayer with Continuum, came out in 2006. And 485 was Richard and Linda Thompson, I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight. Came out in 1974. John Mayer absolutely blew this poll away. The Stooges received one vote. 
John Mayer received every other single vote. Blew out the competition. It's kind of crazy because the vote before that, Harry Styles beat Linda Ronstadt by one vote. Wasn't even close this time. John Mayer dominated. Which honestly didn't surprise me. First of all, the other three acts, not really popular. Don't even know who they are, really. John Mayer, big name in the 2000s. Huge name in 2000s. That whole decade. Continuum is John Mayer's third studio album. Mayer is now 43 years old. He was born October 16th, 1977. Bridgeport, Connecticut is where he hails from. And he's known as an insane songwriter. He is really, really amazing songwriter and can play the guitar with the best of them. Great guitar player, great songwriter. That makes for some pretty awesome music. And he did that in the 2000s. What I thought was really crazy when I did some research, music really wasn't his thing until he was about 17. He's in the hospital with cardiac dysrhythmia. Hopefully I said that right. Cardiac dysrhythmia. And he got the itch to start writing songs. Fast forward to 1997. He's in Atlanta with Clay Cook, who becomes a member of the Zac Brown Band and has been very successful. They start a two-man group called Lo-Fi Masters. So he's in the hospital, starts getting this itch to make music, and then all of a sudden he's making it happen. 2001, he plays at the South by Southwest Festival, and he gets signed by Aware Records, and then eventually by Columbia Records. Columbia Records is a huge deal. So he moved up the rankings very, very fast because of his ability. His first three albums, first being Room for Squares, his debut album comes out in 2001, has sold 4 million records. Heavier Things comes out in 2003, has sold over 3 million records. Continuum, the one we're going to talk about, third album comes out in 2006, sells another 4 million records. That is 11 million, 11 time platinum, and three albums in five years. Crazy. What's really cool about Continuum is it's kind of like a different sound altogether. Room for Squares and Heavier Things is very poppy. All over the pop charts, all over your local radio stations, if you're in a small rural area, well, even if you're not in a small rural area, all over the radio stations, everywhere. Daughter's very popular song. Your Body is a Wonderland, put them on the charts and, and everybody's home and hearts. Who didn't love that song? That song was everywhere. It was all like acoustic, acoustic poppy type music. Continuum comes out and it's a whole different sound. It's bluesy. It's hard rockish. It's a different side of John Mayer. And actually, sounds really amazing. And it's really well written. He actually made that turn to blues and rock a little bit before Continuum. 2005 came out with a live album as John Mayer Trio with bassist Pino Palladino and drummer Steve Jordan. Steve Jordan actually shares producer credits with Mayer on Continuum. So they kept working together with this blues rock feel after the live album with the John Mayer Trio. And you can hear the blues riffs in almost every song in Continuum. And of course, we will break that down. A little more about John Mayer before we get into 
the music, the albums. I really don't get into this, the controversy stuff or the relationship stuff, but told a couple friends I was listening to John Mayer, and the first thing that they said is, great writer, awesome guitarist, awful person. I didn't understand why. I don't really pay attention to the tabloids and like all that other stuff. I love good music and don't really care too much about the person behind it unless, you know, it's some insane craziness or whatever. And in this case, okay, I sort of kind of get it. Controversial relationships, Jessica Simpson, which I guess was all over the news and I never caught that. Jennifer Aniston, Mika Kelly, he did a Playboy magazine interview in 2010 where he drops the N-bomb, talked about his member, like his man region, like it was legendary. Then in 2020, which was not too long ago, about two months, Perez Hilton came out with a memoir, TMI, My Life and Scandal, and said that Mayer said that he liked watching gay porn, and then he French-kissed Hilton. So a bunch of craziness, controversial, weird, and kind of the complete opposite of what John Mayer said that he was trying to do or the person that he was at the beginning of his career. Said he wasn't going to date celebrities. That didn't happen. Said he didn't want to be controversial. Said he just wanted to make music about things that were important, try to change the world. Hint, hint, that's a name of a song in this album and be the great person he thought he was at the time that he was saying these things. Fast forward to now, and he's pretty much done the opposite of everything that he said. So I understand why my friends and people I've talked to have said that he's not a great person, has made some good music, but forget him as a person. I say forget him because they used another F word instead. But musically, he is well, well, well received, at least in the 2000s. From 2003 to 2009, he won seven Grammys. He was nominated for 19. One, 2003 Best Male Pop Vocal Performance with Your Body is a Wonderland. 2005 won Song of the Year with Daughters. And again, Best Male Pop Vocal Performance with Daughters. 2007, Continuum wins the Best Pop Vocal Album. Waiting on the World to Change, which I just mentioned a minute ago. Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. Also wins that same award in 2008 with the song Believe. And then the Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance for Gravity in 2009. He's also won plenty of other awards, including MTV Music Awards. Tons of them. September 12, 2006 is when Continuum dropped. Check out the album cover. It is very, very boring. Light gray with the word continuum and dark gray. And then John Mayer in like a turquoise greenish underneath. No photo, nothing cool. Just gray and green and words. But don't be fooled because the album is crazy awesome. I actually enjoyed pretty much every track, which is saying a lot. Because on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we don't really listen to a lot of things like John Mayer. Even though we listened to Harry Styles for the last vote before this, and kind of very similar. John Mayer is a better album, why it was higher or lower on the list, however you want to put it. 
and the numbers and charts and everything that he was able to do with his album says so as well. Continuum debuted number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 list and was also number two on the Canada list. Sold more than 300,000 records in its first week and right now in 2021 has sold over 4 million copies in the U.S. So four-time platinum here, also two-time platinum in Denmark and platinum in Australia and Canada. So debuted number two in 2006 only behind one guy you may have heard of, Justin Timberlake, who came out with Future Sex Love Sounds. I jammed out to that Timberlake album every day when that came out. So I understand why Mayer was number two. At the end of the year charts, this is kind of cool. John Mayer was on it for three years with Continuum. 2006 ended the year at 69, so the 69th best album in 2006. 2007, 34th. 2008, 107. So it lasted on the charts for three years. That's pretty cool. Not a lot of people can say that with one album. And what helped kept Continuum on the charts were five singles. Waiting on the World to Change, Belief, Gravity, Dreaming with a Broken Heart, and Say kept this album in the limelight for quite some time. And that's almost half of the album. The album is 12 songs, which last 49 minutes and 54 seconds. So five singles off of a 12 song album. Definitely not a crazy thing in 2006, but not happening in 2021 either. And that's exactly why we bring it back and talk about albums in full. So let's break down these tracks, all 12 of them. And then we'll, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, rank each song from top to bottom. Just had to take a quick break for a delicious drink of peach iced tea. Man, when you're talking a lot, voice gets real scratchy real quick. Drink some tea, you'll be alright. Let's get into Continuum. Track number one, which I was surprised this was number one, Waiting on the World to Change. So probably the most successful song off this album, or most popular, I guess we should say. Number one, like, bam, here you go. We're going to knock you out with a good song, a great song, well-written song, right from the back. Here you go. Doesn't happen usually. Usually there's like a couple intro songs, and then bam, you get into the meat of an album. No, starts right from the beginning on this one. And I like how he starts it too. It starts with the drums. You hear the hi-hat, and then the snares come in. And then the one, two, one, two, one, two, three, and... And then it starts off with an xylophone. At least that's what it sounds like. It's catchy, makes you kind of feel it, feeling the music. But the words are about us as human beings being able to see world issues. But us, us little nobodies, little peons, can't fight it or beat it so we're waiting on the world to change we're waiting for our leaders the people that are supposed to be fixing the problems to fix them even though they're failing and john mayer talks about that talks about failed leadership not in those words but you get that from what he's saying then he says stuff like if we had the power to bring our neighbors home from war they would have never missed a christmas no more ribbons on the door and you gotta remember, 2006 is still in wartime. 
just a few years after 9-11. People are still risking their lives fighting a war because there's all these problems in the world and we're waiting for them to change. Also has a line about news on TV and how the people that own it are the same people that have us in these wars. It's our government. It's these leaders. And the coverage is being mended because of who owns it. Obviously, we all have our opinions on these things, but Mayor makes his very clear. Then towards the end, he's like, hey, we hope in the future that our generation is going to be the majority of the population and we make some changes. We help the cause. So a very powerful song, a very moving song that is not about a relationship, not about love, which seems to be the majority of everybody's songs. No, this was about some real things happening in real time. The blues riff about 204 into the song is absolutely amazing. I played that over and over a couple times just because it was so cool. So well done. Very impactful song, means a lot if you actually listen to the words and put yourself in that time. That time, I mean a war time, which we're still kind of in now, not like we were in 2006, but there's still people going other places, still being deployed. Everybody in the military still has that dreadful realization that they could maybe not be here tomorrow. Thank you for your services to anybody in any military unit. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. The second song on the album is I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You. Very bluesy. Very, very bluesy. Saxophone comes in in a couple niche spots. It's fantastic. I am always a fan of the horns, especially a sax. And the parts that it comes out just makes you feel like you're in a blues bar, a blues club, jazz club. It's just, oh, it was so awesome. And it's only for a, a few notes, but when it comes, you'll know it. You'll know it. My favorite line is, if my past is any sign of your future, you should be warned before I let you inside. So he's kind of telling you already, past is a little rocky, not great with love, I'm going to be myself, and it's not worked in the past. I want to try to love you, but I'm scared of what could happen, and I don't want it to ruin, which we can all relate to. Third song on the album is Believe, another one of the five singles. We all believe in something, what we want, right? Everybody has beliefs. Maybe not be the same as the next person or the next family, or the next group, or the next gang, or the next country. We all have beliefs. So wars, fights, are never going to end if we're fighting over beliefs because they're not going to change because of a disagreement, of an argument, of a war. They're not going to change. So there's no point to fight over beliefs because nothing's ever going to change. The last words of the song hit home real hard. What puts a hundred thousand children in the sand? Belief can. What puts the folded flag inside the mother's hand? Belief can. Crazy impactful song. 
means a lot to a lot of people, even if you've never heard it. If you've never heard belief, check it out. It makes a lot of sense on a whole lot of different wavelengths. Number four is gravity, very slow blues. It's like you're at Chicago House of Blues, you got the spotlight on one person, and they just got that blues feel. Just sad, but it's harmonic. It's got you hanging on every single word to get the drama, the emotion, the feeling out of the song. That's gravity. He's talking about a man with a big heart, wants love, has love, wants to have a good life, but finds a way to throw it away because gravity is weighing them down. It's like you can never get on that access where you're like in the middle, where the ups and downs are evening everything out, the highs and lows. No, this is all lows. Gravity is holding down, whether it's a relationship, a goal, a mission, a job, a whatever. Just can't keep even keel and everything is looking down. Gravity is holding you down. What is really cool, and you don't even catch her voice until you really, really listen. Alicia Keys is on vocals at the end, and it's not even really words, like humming-ish, sort of, kind of. But that's definitely Alicia Keys, and it's a, definitely a cool way to end the song. Number five, The Heart of Life, beautifully written, awesome, awesome lyrics. There's pain, there's love in the heart, there's everywhere in between. There's nothing you can do about it because you have to have the bad to realize the good. And you have to have the good to realize the bad. And you're happy when you love things. You're happy when the heart is happy. And there's pain and it brings you down and you got to fight through it. And there's pros and cons to the pain and the love. But it's not really a sad song. It's not a sad song. It's just kind of telling you like, hey... There's a lot of good and bad. There's a lot of good and good and a lot of bad and bad and bad. Yeah. And we just have to realize that everything is going to happen and every emotion is going to happen. And we have to find ways to get through the bad, to be amazed by the good. And the melody of the song fits the lyrics perfectly. Perfectly. It's like as the words are humming, so is the song, like on the same scale, which, yes, you would like every song to be like that, but this one especially, it's like the music and the words are like intertwined into one beautiful roller coaster of sound and music. Six, Vultures, cool song, Steve Jordan and Pino Palladino on this one. This was on the live album that came out just before Continuum. Very bluesy. It's about the battles of life. You know, the vultures are the negative people, the negative nuances of life that are always testing you to see if you can keep your head up, to see if you can battle through life and to battle the vultures. Really well-written song, and the blues is definitely bluesy on here. And I like blues, hopefully you do too, because if you don't, then this is definitely not the album for you, because it is very bluesy. Said blues or bluesy about 10 times already. So if you don't like it, you're not going to like this album. But at least listen to it just to listen to the words, because there is a lot of well-written songs in here. Seven, Stop This Train. 
another well-written song about life being fast. You get older, parents die, things change rapidly. And then at the end of the song, it's like John's dad's telling him, you don't want to stop the train. You don't want to change where you're at. You have to let the train ride and enjoy every second of it. Eight, slow dancing in a burning room. The blues guitar riffs at the start of the song are epic. I love it. And the song hits home on so many different levels. It's the dying of a relationship. One of the first lines is saying that the relationship has took a deep dying breath. You're trying to hold on, but everything is crashing and burning around you. You're slow dancing in the middle of a burning room with the person that is probably helping cause the burning room. You both are. You're both part of it. And you're dancing together while everything goes up in flames. I love how the song ends. It repeats two lines three times. Don't you think we ought to know by now? Don't you think we should have learned somehow? You know the relationship's over. You know you gotta let go. Quit dancing in a burning room. And all the pain and struggle that you went through, how didn't you learn somehow that it shouldn't have got to this point? It's those heartstrings. It's that never want to quit factor. It's that this is the person, this is who you want to be with, even though in reality, it's not. It's not. Nine, Bold as Love. This is a Jimi Hendrix cover song, and it is fantastically written. Sounds amazing, both versions. I am not a huge cover guy, but... John Mayer did a really good job with this song. I even went back and listened to Jimi Hendrix's song, and it is also amazing. Two different type of feels. Obviously, John Mayer is not Jimi Hendrix, and obviously Jimi Hendrix is not John Mayer. They got their own touches, their own feels. Same words, done by Jimi Hendrix first. And it's about emotions. Talking about anger and jealousy and envy and confidence and daring and frightening. And then you mix in colors to show the emotions blue green red turquoise orange yellow and the way they word it to make it all blend and make sense is fantastic ended with all of these emotions of mine keep holding me from giving my life to a rainbow like you just let that soak in all of these emotions of mine keep holding me from giving my life to a rainbow like you so saying that there's all these emotions all these things going through your mind your body everything is you're like in a relationship or even thinking about talking to somebody and you see this woman or this man and it's rainbow whether it's a beautiful rainbow or just a rainbow of colors and emotions and how you feel about them and all these motions are colors and running together fighting to see if you should be together or not the way it's worded is absolutely epic Epic is a great word for this song. Both versions. If you've not heard Jimi Hendrix, Bold is Love, check it out. Same thing with John Mayer. Hopefully you're listening to this album from John Mayer. I know I've said this like three times, but it's so crazy awesome. Ten, Dreaming with a Broken Heart. The piano in this song is amazing. It portrays the sadness, the pain of dreaming about this person that you once loved and once wanted to be with, but now is gone, 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 gone. And you're dreaming and you 
think when you wake up that that person's going to be there or those feelings that you had for her or for him and that other person had for you is still going to be there or going to return as soon as you wake up from the dream and then you wake up from the dream and your heart's still broken. It still remains in those pieces that it was before you were envisioning things that you were in your dream. He says it in the song, waking up from a dream is the hardest part. Truth. Hashtag truth. 11 in repair, it's repairing the heart. You're trying to regroup, whether it's from a loss of a family member or a breakup of some sort, an ended relationship. The very, very first, the very first stanza of the song, too many shadows in my room, too many hours in this midnight, too many corners in my mind, so much to do to set my heart right. Yeah, we all know it. You've been in a breakup, you've lost somebody and you're just sitting in the dark and thinking and wondering why. That's the feeling. That's that exact feeling that he's talking about. And he even goes into detail talking about how he's trying to mend his heart and some of the situations where he's thinking like this, where there's too many shadows, it's, there's too many hours in the midnight, including standing on a corner waiting for wind to blow down just to get a feel, a sense. The last track, number 12, I'm going to find another you, and that's exactly what the song means. Of course, you're hurting, you're crying because the love of a relationship is over, but take your things, take your sweater, take your time, take whatever you need to to get over it, because I'm going to do the same, and when my loneliness is over, a heartbreak is over, I'm going to find another, better, a nicer you. Exactly what the title of the song says. So that's the 12 songs, John Mayer's 2006 third album called Continuum. And here is Edge of Your Seat podcast ranking of the tracks. We'll start with 12 and work our way up. Number 12, we're going to go Vultures. 11, In Repair. 10, Belief. 9, I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You. 8, Gravity. 7, The Heart of Life. Six, Bold is Love, which to me is really good for a cover because I'm not into that. I feel like if you got to take somebody else's work, you can't figure out your own. But I really love this song and I like what John Mayer did with it. Five, Waiting on the World to Change. Four, I'm Gonna Find Another You. Three, Dreaming with a Broken Heart. Two, Stop This Train. And one, my favorite, the most relevant, the song that stood out the most to me and that I listened to the most out of every song on this album, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. Very, very relevant. If you're going through a breakup or if you're at the end of a relationship and you're just trying to hold on, maybe there's been little breakups, little mini ones where you haven't seen each other for a couple weeks and you get back together, think it's all love and unicorn and roses and... Oh. And then a week later, you're in the same situation you were. That slow dancing in a burning room. That is that exactly. A lot of us do it a lot. And don't even realize it. Listen to this song. John Mayer will give you a perfect photograph of the exact situation. Hopefully you liked this bringing it back. John Mayer, Continuum from 2006. 
as we go through the Rolling Stone magazine top 500 album list of all time. Been a long intro. Thank you for sticking with us, sticking with Edge of Your Seat podcast. Apologies for the wait for us to get back on track, but sometimes you just got to take a break and uh, refocus and, and get things back together. Thank you again. Keep listening to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcast with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We will be back Sunday, Monday, and possibly Tuesday with more episodes, more awesomeness, more conversations with great guests and more topics, everything under the sun. Until next time, peace. So I pull into the Hampton Inn and Suites parking lot, waiting for a guest to arrive. And all of a sudden, look in the rear view mirror, and there is a giant peanut driving into the parking lot, parking behind me. And of course, the guest is in the peanut. I am talking about Tyler Tone, LaSalle, Peru graduate, friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast, was on before, and now we talk again in a giant peanut mobile. Tyler, this has got to be an awesome experience driving this all across the country. It absolutely is, and thanks again for having me on. Obviously, you had a great time last time, so we're, we're going we're gonna to get right back after it again. Um, but yeah, you're right. So we're actually in the Flanders Nutmobile, 26 feet long, 13,000 pounds. It's uh, 11 and a half feet tall, so it's a, an absolute you know behemoth of a, of a peanut. It's one like I'm sure you've never seen before in person, correct? No, I've never no. seen anything like no, this. No, no, no. So basically we travel um, from city to city. We just uh, do our best to make people smile the best we can. And we do that through community service outreach. We'll do some different just kind of surprise and delight days, just kind of a surprise somebody at work or maybe it's their birthday or something like that. And really, like I said, do whatever we can to kind of brighten the, the days of the, of the people that, you know, we see and we interact with. So let's elaborate on that. I mean, you're driving around a giant peanut, hand out peanuts, which I saw you do. You said hello to people that came just to see you. They were on 251, turn yep. around just to follow this peanut. Yep. I'm sure that happens a lot. So this is our first day in town here today, um, here in LaSalle, Peru. And literally every single time we go to a destination, we have at least one, sometimes two, three cars that follow us wherever we're going. I mean, I've had people pull up into my parents' driveway. I've had people just pull up behind me, like, while I'm parked outside my mom's house, just like, and they just want to see what it's all about. And it's, it's a really cool feeling for me that I, you know, there's that many people who are really interested in what I'm doing. But it's definitely crazy the amount of people that are, like, really excited to, to see the Nutmobile. And what is cool is we're in 2021, you know, there's budget crises yeah. here and, you know, companies failing or bankruptcy all across the board, but planners must be doing well to fund a road trip all across America. Yeah. I mean, this is something that, so we're the, uh, the eighth class uh, of, of Nutmobile drivers. Um, and this is the 2018 version that we're in right now. So we're actually in the newest vehicle. And yeah, Flanders is doing well because, you know, people are, there's one thing that hasn't changed since I've started this job and hasn't changed for a very long time is it's Planters, you know, offers like the supreme quality of peanuts, like the, the best peanuts that you can buy in the grocery store that taste wise are Planters peanuts, according to a lot of people. And that's why we're able to do this. And, and they've found a lot of success in their media impressions and the way that I know we're able to talk to different media outlets, whether that's TV, radio, podcast, you know, anything along those lines 
um, that we get so much exposure from the work that we do in every single city that it's worth it for them because they don't have to spend millions of dollars on, you know, ad campaigns on TV because they have their own, you know, ad campaign on wheels, basically, you know? So it's kind of like, obviously it's not free. They put money into it. You got sure. the lights all around yeah. the stairs. You got, I called it the DeLorean door, but yep. you got the door that flips up. You yep. got a nice TV in here. Oh, yeah. It's all lit up real nice. So I know it's not cheap, but you're right. Compared to the ad campaigning and yeah. commercials and all that other stuff, probably a cheaper and more fun way to go about it. Yeah, and you're more likely to resonate with an experience that you had with the Nutmobile and Mr. Peanut as opposed to just like, you know, seeing another commercial because you and I see probably tens to twenties to thirties of commercials, you know, per day. And it's just like, yeah, you see it and then you're kind of, you're kind of gone with it. But you know, when you come up to the Nutmobile and you get a sample of peanuts and you get to high five Mr. Peanut and take a picture with the vehicle, that's something that's going to last a long time, a long time. And you know, last you to your next grocery store trip is really all that we, we, we hope for, I guess, in this business, you know, <laughs> definitely. So do you dress up as the peanut? So we're very close personal friends with Mr. Peanut is uh, how we will put it like that. So me and my Gosh. two partners, we're all very close to Mr. Peanut and, um, we, we are his chauffeur and, uh, we, we're a lot closer to them than you might think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like yes. it. I like it. <laughs> So I just met your two colleagues. The yep. three of you are in this peanut mobile. Yep. How many hours a day? So most of our drive days happen on Mondays and we, we go from market to market. Those drive days can be anywhere from two to eight, sometimes 10 hours. I'm um, just making sure we can get to our next market as safely as possible. Those are our longest days that we actually spend time in the vehicle. Now with COVID and social distancing and stuff, um, the events that we do, um, we're going to try and stay in the vehicle and we, you know, hand out through the windows and Mr. Peanuts up in the hatch, which is in the back here, um, you know, waving to everybody. So today, I mean, we, we were up in Madison, we came, came back. It was only about a two hour drive, but we've kind of been in the vehicle since, um, since we got back in town. So some days are busier than others as with any job that you're going to have, but we try to fill up our days with as much joy and happiness as possible. Just reference them twice. What are your colleagues' names? We got to give them a shout out. Yes. Okay. So we have Grace. Uh, she went to Southern Illinois uh, University, Edwardsville. I know you're an SIUC guy, but you know, she <laughs> went guess. to SIUE. Um, and then Allie, she went to Syracuse University, and we all kind of graduated here recently as well. So perfect. Yeah. And now you guys are all becoming great friends. Of course. In this peanut. Yes. This is actually our first day technically working together um, because my first two partners, um, Aaron and Natalie. Um, they, they switch up the partners, they switch up the vehicles and the regions. Um, so this is actually our first day together working, which was like, it went well. I mean, obviously we got to see a lot of people and make them smile, make their day. So, you know, no matter who I'm with in this position, the goal is stays the same and it's to make people's day. That's it. Definitely. How long will you stay with this crew? How long so will up in, Yeah, up until the end of my job. Um, so my job com will, will be done uh, on June 1st. So as soon as I'm done, that's it. Sayonara, goodbye. It'll be sad. I got to hand the keys over to somebody else. Um, which would be a pretty sad, tough day, but it's one of those things where I knew I was signing up for a year, and it's been a heck of a year so far, and I'm and I'm excited for it to you know continue over the next you know five or six months. So you went from June first to June first, pretty much. Uh, we we got delayed a little bit because of COVID, um, so I actually started about middle of July, um, but then yeah, June first will be the the last day that I'm buying the wheel. So so why don't you petition for another month? Like hey, I how would, do you get that month? You'd think so, right? I mean that that might not be a bad idea, but uh, but what we we have to start doing now over the next couple of months is start recruiting at, at new universities. I'm obviously going to go down to Champaign recruit there. We're going to go out to Syracuse for Alley, um, and then we're going to stop at a bunch of other different schools on the way there too. So we got to let them know that. You know, their time is coming to be a peanutter and ours is kind of ending. So it's it's one of those things where, yes, I'd love another month, but 
I get what I, you know, you get what you signed up for, right? <laughs> but if you go to one SIU, you have to go to the other. You gotta go. Oh, to of course, yeah. See, oh yeah, yeah. We'll go see the Salukis. Too. There you go. <laughs> You won't be disappointed, let me tell you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. That's Carbondale for you. <laughs> for sure. What are some things that you guys are doing? You said events, scheduled events, planned. What exactly, besides just handing out peanuts and, you know, you're trying to make everybody's day fun and smile, what are some exact things that you guys are doing? Yeah, so we're actually going to be at High V a couple of days um, from 11 to 5 on the 21st and 22nd, I believe it is, 22nd, 23rd. It's Thursday, Friday. Um, and we'll we'll hand out peanuts, coupons, some stickers, and we'll have Mr. Peanut there, and he'll he'll hang out with us for a while and take some pictures as well. So we're gonna be doing that for two days. We're gonna go to the Ivy Super Bowl on Sunday the 24th. And I had talked to them. Obviously, you know, small businesses have definitely taken a hit over the past you know several months. Um, so it's hopefully that we can you know draw a little bit more awareness to, to what they have going on and how safe they're being as well. You know, in the in the bowling alley. So you know, hopefully they can get a little bit back on their feet. And I'm hoping that we're gonna be able to drive a little bit of traffic there. Um, I know we're going to go to the Oglesby Library on, on the Saturday before that as well, um, and even the Peru YMCA too, I think, uh, on, on the 23rd. So really all over the place. We'll be at the ice rink on uh, on Saturday. I don't know when this is going to air, but we'll be there Saturday the tomorrow, the 16th. So I had never, I've never never been to the ice rink before. So Never? I, I haven't. And why? I can't skate. So, I mean, that's, that's the number one reason why I haven't been there too. So, I mean, that's, you know, that that's a valid reason, right? Yeah, I've never been there either. Okay, so, all right, all right, okay, I see how it is. I'm just giving you a hard time. I've never been there either. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah, expect yeah. nothing less. I'd yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to skate. Yeah, I, I don't either. I'm not coordinated enough for that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Obviously, you pulled up. Yeah, kids come up, adults come up. Who do you think gets the bigger kick out of this giant peanut? Adults because they've never seen it before? Or kids because, you know, they're innocent and obviously yeah. never saw anything it's like this? It's really such a toss-up because, you know, the adults are so understanding of what they're witnessing and they, they realize how rare it is that, like, they're actually seeing something like this because there's only three in the country um, and it's been around for eight years. So it's not like it's something that's, you know, very common to see. Um, so they appreciate the, the rarity of it all. But kids are just so awestruck by, you know, Mr. Peanut and the fact that there's a giant peanut in front of them that's on wheels and it's driving and all this kind of stuff. So we love it. And I know I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of Wienermobile drivers because that's our sister program. And they say that they make people smile ages 8 to 80. And so do we. I mean, it doesn't, this, this kind of thing knows really no age limit. And we're just excited that, you know, we have that broad of an audience that, that really want to see us, you know, wherever we go. I'm looking out the windows that you said you throw peanuts out of, and we are being safe by the well, talking with masks, sure. so if we're kind of muffled, that's why we yep. got some masks on, yep. but that's got to be fun, like, this is your job, yeah. just to throw peanuts at people, and, well, not at them, but, You're right, you know, yes. hand yes. them to we them, hand and, them to them, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So of course, and, and try to make them smile, that yeah. has to be good for you, because you have always been a cool, calm, yeah. kind-hearted guy, and this seems like a great job for you. Oh, yeah, it's awesome, I, that's the best part of the job, we've done a lot of, like, you know, help a lot of communities that we've been to, not just by making them smile, but also volunteering with Meals on Wheels and food banks and, you know, going to homeless shelters every once in a while and soup kitchens. So, like, we're able to do a lot more um, this year community-based as opposed to more retail-based, which obviously it's been in years past where you got to go to grocery stores all the time. So we've definitely taken advantage of that opportunity, and it's, it's served us well, uh, honestly, and we've gotten a lot of great media coverage for it. And, I mean, that's the, the business side to it, but just... It makes my partners and I feel like we're actually doing something really good for the community. And that's, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I've had so far from the, from the job. Yeah, because it's not like you're just working. You're also, in a way, doing community service. Right. A lot of the things that we do are community service based. 
and that was something that they hadn't really been able to do in years past. But with everything being shut down now, the one thing that doesn't stop is volunteer work and community work. Um, so that's something that we knew that we'd be able to take advantage of through this program, and it served us pretty well. Definitely. How many peanuts do you think you've ate since you got on this thing? Oh, man. This is like similar to when you last asked me about the whole, how many beers did I drink in college question. <laughs> and it's like, I gotta keep you on your toes. I have no idea. So many. I mean, the, the, our back closet here is filled with just like uh, hundreds and hundreds of pounds of, of peanuts that, that we'd carry with us every single day. And, uh, you know, obviously, if I'm getting a little hungry, I'll go back there and have a snack every once in a while. We used to have cheese balls. That was a problem. Oh. Because I ate a lot of cheese balls when I <laughs> last, uh, last, last kind of half of this journey. So. The cheese balls are kind of my uh, my Achilles heel, if you want to call it that. So have you put on weight in here? No, I've actually been able to keep my weight down um, because I'm I've tried like a little bit of like intermittent fasting, dieting sort of thing, and um, you know we have like a per diem that we get each week for food and meals and stuff, and I kind of just use that for my meals and I don't go too crazy on it. And I've also eliminated beer from my uh, my consumption. So you know when you stop drinking beer, that's when you start to really lose the weight, and uh, and I'm you know. I'm losing my, my college weight. That We'll call it that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The 15, the college 15 yeah, that you put yeah, on. Yeah. Now, you, now, now you're, you're taking, taking it off. off. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Much healthier lifestyle here than Mobile. Definitely. Speaking of lifestyle, a woman mentioned it while you were outside that you're growing the hair out. I see the locks. I am, yeah. So my mom is a hairdresser, and uh, she has cut my hair ever since I was you know, born. I just never really was able to trust anybody on the road, or I didn't really want to trust anybody on the road. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to get a haircut. And then I was like, it's kind of growing on me. I don't, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like it. So we're, we're going to see where we go from, from here on out with it. And if we just keep it growing throughout uh, throughout the next six months, that could be could be an idea. We'll see. We'll see. I, I kind of day to day whether or not I like it or not. So, But I, I just haven't had the courage to get a haircut yet. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> You're not going to go Duck Dynasty on us, No. Oh, no. I can't grow that kind of beard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wish. That'd be cool. And I'd look a lot different. Sure. But... Uh, it's a little bit, you know, we're not really supposed to have too much facial hair with this job because sometimes those big, dark, you know, the big burly beards can be a little bit intimidating to, to, to kids and the people that we want to come, you know, and talk to us. So maybe after this, though, if I can find some hair growth formula and put it on my chin. There you go. That, I, can, I mean, I could find some for you. You could find we, some we for could me? Do it. Yeah, we okay. Could do this. We all could right, do this. all right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'm excited. <laughs> so obviously, Illinois, middle of the United States of America. Yep. Where did you guys start at? And what has kind of been your path, your journey to where you are now? Started in Madison for our training. Um, and my first real market was actually Kansas City. Um, I went from Kansas City to Rapid City to Billings, Montana, to Fort Collins, Colorado, to Lincoln, Nebraska, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to Idaho Falls, Idaho, to Boise, Idaho, to Seattle, Washington, to Eugene, Oregon, to Sacramento, California, to Santa Clarita, California, and then I wrapped up in Anaheim, California. Uh, then I came home for, for Christmas and the holidays. Um, and then now we're here back in the Illinois Valley. So all over the place. I'm impressed that you remember every place that you've been and the timeline. You, like, which... Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people ask me like where all I've been and I'm like, you want me to rattle it off? And then I say, and they say, sure, and I just do it. And it's just like second nature to me. Like I just can see in my head like where we've, it's like, it's like I have like this little map in my head that shows the path in which, you know, we've taken. And uh, I've stuck to it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to, you know, tell people that I've, I've been to that many places in a short amount of time. So I just always got it right here in the back of my mind. Perfect. Yeah. Let's play a game right now. Okay. Last time you were on the podcast, we weren't to the games yet. We weren't no. that cool yet at sure. EDGRC Podcast. Yeah. We're advancing. Advancing. You yeah. got to, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, obviously the 
Planters Pinot Mobile has advanced yeah. from day one to how it goes. After your seat podcast, had to do the same thing. Right, yeah. You've been all over the place. Just listed, rattled off all these places. Give me a top five. The top five places that you've been at so far. Sure. So we'll start with number five uh, was Sacramento. I really, really did enjoy Sacramento because uh, my aunt lives out there and I was able to actually go visit her in San Francisco. Or we actually took a day trip to go to San Francisco. Um, got to see, uh, well, I guess... Oracle Park, I think it is now. It used to be AT&T Park, but that you know where the Giants play. Got to go over the Golden Gate Bridge. Got to go see Alcatraz. Got to see all that kind of cool stuff. So I'd say that's definitely number five. Number four, I really liked Eugene, Oregon. I got to do a lot of golfing there for one, and two, like the the college just lifestyle and atmosphere, like in, in Eugene. Obviously, it's a little bit different now because of COVID and stuff. But we were there actually on their the the night of their first home game, uh, and they played. I forget who it was, but they, we were there for that. And there's still, you know, there's a bunch of college kids that are still, you know, living life as they normally would. Um, obviously, we were being safe about it, but just driving through that that uh, city on a game day was kind of a, a cool experience, and I could only imagine what it'd be like, you know, during during normal times. My third one was probably Fort Collins, Colorado. We were able to go down to the Red Rocks Amphitheater and uh, and see some. Uh, they had like a little drive-in movie playing there, and then uh, got to hang out downtown Denver for a little bit. But then Fort Collins itself, that's where Colorado State was located. Um, so we got that was kind of a cool ritzy kind of college area too that we really really liked. Um, number two is probably Seattle. I don't, one and two are pretty close. Seattle was fun because I had a couple of my buddies, Jake Doyle, Isaiah Tubbs, Max Seneca. They all came out and see, saw me, um, and we were able to see uh, the Bears tragically lose to the Saints um, in the regular season. That was a really tough game. The to overtime watch. game. Yeah, that was a real tough game to watch. But we were in Seattle. We got to go go to this place. Um, we reserved like this separate table and we were able to like watch a bunch of NFL games that, that Sunday and we're all huge NFL guys so that was a lot of fun and then obviously I got to go up in the Space Needle and see cool things you know just that Seattle has to offer um, and then my number one which comes as a surprise to a lot of people um, it was actually Idaho Falls, Idaho and what? I know what you're saying they're like what the heck is there <laughs> and the answer to that is not much but it's just it was such a nice little town that kind of reminded me of home it was beautiful. It was located right on the Idaho Falls, you know, basically. Um, and we were actually able to go down to Twin Falls, too, to uh, Shoshone Falls, which was like a hidden gem, and I didn't think anything like this ever existed in Idaho. Um, but it was like, a, you know, it was actually the Shoshone Falls are bigger falls than the Niagara Falls, which, like, I didn't believe it, but then I saw a few pictures, and then I went there, and I was like, oh, you know what? That actually makes sense. So... I know a lot of people are like, Idaho, like, what the heck? But, like, don't knock Idaho until you try it. They got a lot of cool things to offer. Boise was pretty cool, too, because, you know, that, once again, another college town, and it was, like, a nice little downtown area. So Idaho is, like, one of my favorite states in general now, I think, just from the time that I, I spent there over the last six months. I know it's shocking. I know. Yeah, I just, like, pushed my head back. Like, yeah, it's like, shocked. Like, you almost, like, smacked me or something. I know. Words. Like, how is Idaho a good cool state? I got to say, you can't knock until you try it. <laughs> You gotta ask other people. Anybody that's been to Idaho, they, any of your listeners that have been to Idaho, they, they know what I'm talking about. They, they've seen it. They've seen it. And I got to go to the Tetons when I was in Idaho Falls, too, because I was right next to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. Or not Cheyenne, Wyoming, but right next to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That was a beautiful, beautiful place, too. So. Definitely. Been able to see a lot of cool things so far, yeah. When you were at Alcatraz, did you lock up Mr. Peanut? No, so I didn't take Mr. Peanut with me on that. It was just kind of me and my aunt took a little day trip, and uh, we, we rented a car, and we just kind of took a step back from the the peanutting lifestyle but if i had them there'd be 
hundreds of, of cool photo opportunities <laughs> that we could have with Mr. Peanut, you know, behind bars at Alcatraz. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm picturing them all in my head right now. Yeah, what you could have done. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Believe me, the, the opportunities are endless. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's just take the day off from the Peanut and we'll, we'll go from there. So, <laughs> Just because I'm interested in, you know, talking about all these places that you've been, where are actually Peanuts made? Like, where is the biggest part that this is possible. Yeah, so Georgia and Virginia are like pretty big manufacturers here in the continental United States. That's actually where we have our two biggest plants for, for planters. Um, and, and planters actually kind of really started in Suffolk, Virginia. Um, and that's where Mr. Peanut was born and created and things like that too. So I would say definitely, you know, it depends on the type of nut and all these different things. You know, we obviously, we procure them from anywhere across the, the entire world, um, depending on the nut obviously, but our biggest um, peanut producers are, are the plants in Georgia and, and Virginia. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yep. All right, all right. I was thinking it might be Idaho, and that's why he likes no, it No, so not much. Idaho. That's their potatoes. You know that. Yeah. You gotta know that about We did do, get to I go do. to the Idaho Potato Museum. That was yeah. That was interesting, to say the least. Was it, it your favorite museum you've ever been to? Yeah, I don't go to many museums, <laughs> so the Idaho Potato Museum is definitely up there. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about Idaho and favorite, like combining those words. Right. I was like, my well. I know, I know. Here I go again about Idaho. I know, <laughs> believe me. Crazy. Where are some places that you were scheduled to go after this? So yeah, so we're gonna be actually heading back down to Champaign after this, so I can recruit um, kind of, I guess, my replacement is basically how it has to go. Um, but we're gonna go to Champaign, we're gonna go to Cleveland, uh, then we're gonna go up to Boston, um, up to Syracuse, New York, so Allie can do some recruiting there for, for her position. Um, and then we're gonna go to, I believe, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania after that, go to the capital of Pennsylvania. So a little bit uh, into the future, that's kind of all we have planned up to now. Um, but I think, you know, we are uh, not really even centralized in location because we're in the central right now and then we're going to go up east. So it's like, who knows really where we're going to go after that. But I'm excited to find out and I'll find out here within the next couple of weeks, obviously. And it's always, always going to be, uh, you know, posted wherever I am on my Instagram and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Give your plugs, man. Oh, it's at T-Town. <laughs> T underscore town, I believe. It's T-O-W-N-E is my, is my Instagram. So I got some already some pretty cool stuff up there from... Some of the things that I've done um, this year. So if you're interested, yeah, check me out. And check add me on Facebook too. I post some stuff there as well. So which I know you've seen. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll oh, check well. it out. I'll check it out. Oh yeah, he checks it out. Yeah, yeah. You talked about watching the Bears Saints game with your friends. You know, shout out to those guys. Yeah. All really cool guys. Yeah. How have you been able to stay connected with your world and the outside world while you're doing this job? Has it been easy or has it been a little rough? It, it gets difficult. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. It does get a little bit difficult sometimes because, you know, my schedules, especially when I get to be in different time zones, are different than, you know, my friends and family back home. And you know more than a lot of people that I'm very, very close to my father and my mother. And obviously, you know, my group of friends that we're all very, very close to. Um, so, you know, there are times where it gets a little bit lonely on the road. It's just the three of us. And obviously I love them dearly. They're, they're great people and I enjoy working with them. Um, but you know, when it's just me and the two girls, it's like, ah, well, I kind of miss my friends. You know, I wish my friends were here. Um, and that's why Seattle is, you know, such a, a great and important city for me, um, from last year. So yeah, a lot of FaceTimes and we always have group, we got group chats on Twitter, Instagram, you know, iMessage, Snapchat. I mean, I mean, there's always something going on on social media that we're, you know, chatting up about which I'm very thankful for, and it's, it's, it's great to, to be a part of that. It's not easy all the time, but it definitely, you know, I, I'm still able to keep in contact with everybody here back in the Illinois Valley, which, which I, I got to thank social media for that. You know? Definitely. <laughs> so your two colleagues now in your hometown, your home area, yep. 
is it cool being able to share that with them and then you going to learn where they're from and yeah, more about them? It is because actually, and I think this is pretty rare, but what we get to do this year, actually, Allie, Grace, and I, um, all of us actually get to bring this vehicle to our hometowns at some point. We're actually going to be going to Peoria on Tuesday because that's actually where Grace is from. Um, so we're going to actually bring this to, to Peoria so her family can see it. And then uh, when we're a little bit more east, I think on our way to either Philly or, or um, Harrisburg or something like that, we'll be able to stop by Allie's house because she lives up in New Jersey. So, I mean, this is like a cool thing where she can experience, or they can both experience what it's like to live in the Illinois Valley, and then I'll be able to, you know, see what it's like to live in Peoria. I can't imagine Peoria is too, too different from here, but I know it's a little bit different. It's <laughs> a little bigger. Just a, yeah, it's it. a little bit bigger. Yeah, that's, that's I got, about it. I got family that lives in Washington, Washington, Illinois. So, I mean, you know. Um, but yeah, but I'm excited to see what it's like in New Jersey. I've never been to, I've been to New York City once. Other than that, the farthest east I've ever been is like Ohio. So, I mean, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm looking forward for the opportunity to do for sure. Just watch out for the tough parts of Peoria. We don't want nothing to well, happen course, to you or yes. the peanut movie. No, 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 no. Obviously, steer clear of danger always. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, yes. That's priority. Our safety is priority number one. Yes. Well, now you bring up a question. Yep. Can Mr. Peanut fight if you had to? Uh, probably not. No, Mr. Peanut's a lover, not a fighter. We we, we promote that 100. percent Nobody would ever want to fight Mr. Peanut, right? He's just a no. kind, carefree, yeah. loving kind of guy. You know, nothing, nothing that you'd ever have to fight Mr. Peanut. And if you wanted to fight a peanut, you got some problems. I think so too. Yeah, you don't want to fight him. He's been—he was nothing but nice. Always the classiest of all gentlemen. So he's got—he's got no reason to be fought. I, I think I'm pretty confident in that, in that statement. It's like fighting Mickey Mouse. You—you you never do that, would you? No, I no, think so. no, no, not no, at all. You don't do that. No, 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 no. Not at all. But Donald Duck, maybe. May, okay. Maybe. Well, that, yeah. True. I guess. I guess. <laughs> That—that's that, I guess personal preferences. <laughs> Well, Tyler, this has been amazing. Thank you for letting Edge of Your Seat podcast into the peanut, checking everything out and getting to chat with you yeah. again. I mean, Absolutely. you're always welcome on this podcast. Hey, I appreciate that, man. It's always a great time. I love sitting down and talking, and we'll have to, we'll have to do more sports-related stuff next time. Yeah. Next, time. yeah. next time we will for sure, but yeah. I had to talk about oh, peanuts. Oh, you got to only talk about the peanut now. Wait, wait about six months, and we'll get back on here. We'll talk about the White Sox, because they'll probably be on the way to a World Series by then. Yeah, they will. we oh, got a lot yeah. to talk about oh, with the White yes. Sox. Yes, we do. We're putting together a team. <laughs> Cannot wait for that one. Cannot wait for that.